doing, boys and girls? Children of all ages. to another edition of the my two cents podcast this is episode 153 presented by g2 hosted by g2 i am g2 and i would like to ask every single one of you how are you doing how was your week i hope everybody had a great week i hope everybody was able to accomplish what they want to accomplish if you didn't have no fear you still have another week to go you still have another week to achieve what you want to achieve and also don't worry it's the holiday season Breathe in, breathe out, enjoy your eggnog, enjoy your little cakes and cookies, enjoy all that good stuff, because, listen, the end of the year, it is here. I don't think nobody should be frightened and stressing about work like that. You got more important things to be stressing about if you haven't gotten your kids their gifts, or if you don't have enough money to cover that basis, that's the type of stuff that you'd be worried about. But even then, hey, just think of something, improvise, and just don't stress out, because stress is one of the number one killers in the human beings conditions and a lot of people are stressing out and a lot of people are dropping pretty quickly so again if you are not able to accomplish what you want to accomplish this week have no fear breathe in breathe out eat some cakes eat some cookies or even just go to a gym and just work out a little bit but do not stress over it it will be okay now We move over to the National Food Days of the Week. Today being December the 3rd, it is National Apple Pie Day. December 4th, it is National Cookie Day. December 5th, it is National Shorsha Torta Day. Excuse me if I'm butchering it. It's basically just a high, elegant chocolate cake. December 6th, it is uh, National Gazpacho Day. December 7th, my brother's birthday, it is National Cotton Candy Day. December 8th, it is National Chocolate Brownie Day, as well as Darn Air Day. December 9th, to round us off, it is National Opal Apples Day and also National Pastry Day. Now, getting off of that, first thing I want to talk about is giving some condolence, giving condolence to Sandra Day O'Connor. She died at the age of 93. She was the first woman on the Supreme Court. So without her, you wouldn't have a woman like Katanji uh, Brown Jackson on the Supreme Court and other former justices like Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You wouldn't have uh, Miss. Sonia Sotomayor, Elena Kagan, as well as Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, you just have six female justices all in total from the beginning of the justice to now. You have six women, and it starts with Miss Sandra O'Day Connor. So without her, you wouldn't have the ball rolling. So she is a monarchy, at least in that. So I do want to pay her that respect in that. So I want to give condolences to her family, friends, loved ones, grand kids and all that good stuff so again rest in peace to miss o'connor now moving away from the condolences i want to talk about the leaning tower in bologna it's in italy so if i'm saying it wrong hey man that's not my problem that's not me trying to be disrespectful um it's talking from the bbc news it's saying that bologna's leaning tower sealed off over fears it might collapse a medieval tower in the italian city of bologna that leans by as much as its famous counterpart in pisa has been sealed off over fears it may collapse authorities have been constructing a 16 feet high barrier around the 12th century tower to contain debris in the event that it falls the 154 foot tower 
tilts at a four degree angle and monitoring has found shifts in the directions of the tilt. The city council says the situation was highly critical. The tower is one of two towers that dominate the skyline of Bologna. The other tower is around twice the height and also leans, though not so much drastically and is usually open for tourists to climb. Here's my thing with this. I don't get the whole leaning tower business. That never ever seemed structurally like good to me. I think any architect that builds a house or builds a building, they're never ever building it to lean. They always build it to stand straight because if you have a leaning tower or a leaning building, guess what is not going to, at least I think, is not going to hold for so long for these towers to be holding as much as they have been. It was amazing and it still has been amazing, but you now understand that a leaning tower is still a leaning tower. It's going to collapse one way or another. You just got to give it time. So again, I'm glad that it's been holding on as much as it can. I hope that they're able to fix this so that this tower won't collapse. But if it does, it just collapse. I don't want it to because it's history and people like that type of history crap of those towers. But again, a leaning tower to me has never ever been like the ideal thing. But hey, history has shown it's still the test of time. It's just now having debris falling down and they're fearing that it might collapse. So this just puts it out there for the future people. Hey, you probably don't want to build a leaning tower. Just keep it straight and you'll be fine. And uh, but yeah, hopefully they'll figure whatever they got to figure out for this leaning tower and hopefully they'll get all this uh, business under control. Now, moving away from that, let's get down to business. Uh, the action that's going down in the Middle East. Again, I don't really know much about the deep history or deep root between Israel, Palestine, Gaza, all that stuff, and Hamas. I don't know the true back history and all that type of stuff. I only know the history that's happening now. And I did say at one point I was never going to cover it like in depth, and I'm still not. I'm just giving you guys surface level stuff here. Um, the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas has ended and they went right back at it after they released how many people they released I believe they said Hamas released 150 hostages and Israel has released 240 Palestinian prisoners so once that kind of like ceasefire ended they went right back to business and I want to read you some here from the Associated Press it would state that Israel pounded targets in the crowded southern half of the Gaza Strip on Saturday and ordered more neighborhoods designated for attack to evacuate, driving up the death toll even as the United States and others urge it to do more to protect Gaza civilians a day after a truce collapse. At least 200 Palestinians have been killed since the fighting resumed Friday morning following the week-long truce with the territory's ruling militant group Hamas, according to the health ministry in Gaza. Several homes were hit across Gaza on Saturday with multiple casualties reported in a strike that flattened a multi-story building on the outskirts of Gaza City. So as I said, they already started getting back to the attacks. Everybody's starting to do what they're doing. Again, I don't like civilians getting attacked. I don't like innocent people being attacked. Let the people of Israel who's in the military go after Hamas and let Hamas go after the people in the military of Israel. Let them duke it out and do their business after that. Then just call it a day. I don't like civilians ever getting attacked. Innocent people having to flee their homes after it's being like destroyed by one party or another. It's never good. So 
I just want to make that extremely clear here. Also, something that was extremely clear to me that I want to get on Israel for is that Israel knew about Hamas uh, attack more than a year earlier. Like they got pages and it was documented that Israel authorities got something called codenamed Jericho Wall and it outlined point by point exactly the kind of devastating invasion that led to the deaths of about 1,200 people. The New York Times would report on it, and it would say that Israel officials obtained Hamas battle plan for the October 7th terrorist attack more than a year before it happened. Documents, emails, and interviews would show, but Israel military and intelligence officials dismissed the plan as aspirational and considering it too difficult for Hamas to carry out. So, that's what you need to know right there. I don't think you need to go more into detail about that. Israel knew what type of plan was going to happen. That's just dumb on their part for not planning ahead and really getting into Hamas, looking into Hamas, trying to figure out where Hamas is located and kind of eliminating them before any of that could happen. I put the blame on Israel for not taking care of business at that point. Because if you mean to tell me, if I'm ruling something and I get pages or if I get hit with some information, hey, yo, you know this place is about to come and attack us, right? I'm not going to brush nothing off. I'm going to take that as a threat because you're threatening me now. And only people that will know about you're threatening me will be me and my inner circle. And we will have to figure out what's going to be dealt with this. It will deal with the public backlash when it arrives and it comes. We got to strike first because if we know about your plan, we know about the things that you're planning there's no way on God's green I'm going to just sit back and just allow it to happen. That's like you getting a test and the teacher tells you two weeks in advance, hey, yo, study this. This is what's going to happen. This was going to be on the test. And you happen just to blow it off. And then the test comes around and you make a freaking F. The teacher will look at you and say that you are a complete idiot. I told you two weeks in advance. I gave you the material. Hell, I even gave you the test right there in your face, and I gave you the answers, and you make an F, you are an idiot, that's the type of anger I feel that the Israel people should have towards the government of Israel, again, I'm not over there, so I don't know how they're feeling about Israel at all, I know that they should be upset with them, because if they would have took action a year ago, then none of this crap will be happening. They'll just have to be facing the public backlash of saying, why did you attack Hamas? And then they can say, well, we got documentation, we got information about them going to attack us, so we just went out and strike first. So again, I think that the people in Israel should go after the Israel government for that. But still, the war is happening right now. I don't like it. Civilians are still getting caught in the mishap of this. I don't appreciate it. Hopefully, again, Something comes about this, they can figure something out, and everybody can get back to business as usual before this whole war happened. Same thing with Ukraine and Russia, too. I haven't forgot about them. I want Russia to back off of Ukraine. Hopefully, they can do so, but I don't think it's happening. Again, Ukraine's been dealing with this for about, what, a year, almost two years now? And that's insane to think about, but it's true. Um, So hopefully, again, I just hope that everybody can get this crap over with. That's just my personal opinion on this. Now, moving over to the home front, America over here, I want to talk about two separate celebrities and their whole ideology on this Middle Eastern war that's been going on. One, Susan Sarandon, she has decided that she backtracks what she's said. She's decided to 
put a post on Instagram and she's basically backtracking what she said at a rally that she attended. She would state, intending to communicate my concern for an increase in hate crimes, I said that Jewish Americans as the targets of rising anti-Semitic hate are getting a taste of what it is like to be Muslim in this country, so often subjected to violence. This phrasing was a terrible mistake as it implies that until recently, Jews have been strangers to persecution, when the opposite is true. As we all know from centuries of oppression and genocide in Europe to the Tree of Life shooting in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Jews have long been familiar with discrimination and religious violence, which continues to this day. I deeply regret diminishing this reality and hurting people with this comment. It was my intent to show solidarity in the struggle against bigotry of all kinds, and I am sorry I failed to do so. I will continue my commitment to peace, truth, justice, and compassion for all people. I hope that we can meet with love and willingness to engage in dialogue, especially with those with whom we disagree. That's all I've been personally saying personally. I've said, Ayo, you go to your rallies, you do your deal, but as long as you guys can have a dialogue and you guys can meet together without no type of harm coming towards each other, that's all I ever truly do care about because, again, you're not over there in the Middle East. You're not fighting over there. You're not killing like that over there you're not there you're over here in america where you are safe by ideology again there's certain people that would do stupid things because you're against a different side but you get my point here uh as i stated last week episode susan sarandu she was dropped by her talent agency and i said even then that they're probably going to work with her again susan sarandu is going to be okay uh so with her now backtracking and putting up an Instagram post, I have a feeling that Susan Strand is going to be talking with her former talent agency. They're going to bring her back in. This is just probably one step into the whole bringing her back in policy. That's just my personal opinion on that. I think she's going to be back into the business, at least for that talent agency. So again, that was Susan Sarandon backtracking what she said last week. So there you go. The second celebrity that I do want to talk about is a Miss Julianne. Margulies, she's the woman that was on, I believe it was the CBS show, The Good Wife. I know she had a stint, like a short period of time on the uh, Showtime show Billions. She was on a podcast this past week, or at least it started blowing up this past week, in which she said some real foul things. And I'm just going to play you a small clip of what she said on the podcast. That have no idea if they stepped foot in an Islamic country. These people who want us to call them they, them, or what, whatever they want us to call them, which I have respectfully mm -hmm. really tr made, made a point of doing. Like, be whoever you want to be. Mm -hmm. It's those people that will be the first people beheaded and their heads played with a soccer ball, mm -hmm. like a soccer ball on the field. I, you know, there was, a, there was a, a film being shown by the, this black lesbian club um, on Columbia campus. And as someone who plays uh, a lesbian journalist on the morning show, I'm, I'm more offended by it as a lesbian than I am as a Jew, to be honest with you, because I want to say to them, you fucking idiots. You don't exist. So that was just a small taste of what Julianne said on this podcast. The podcast was in the back room with Andy Stroy, um, as I said, it like did a lot of people like angry people in the black community, people in the LGBTQ plus community that just popped up this past what week. 
And once it started going around on social media, Julianne, she would pop out and she apologized Friday. Uh, she would place, I am horrified by the fact that my statements I made on a recent podcast offended the black and LGBTQIA plus communities, communities I truly love and respect. Julianne said in a statement to Deadline, I want to be 100% clear, racism, homophobia, sexism, or any prejudice against anyone's personal beliefs or identities or adherent to me. Full stop. Throughout my career, I have worked tirelessly to combat hate of all kind in anti-Semitism, speak out against terrorist groups like Hamas, and forge a united front against discrimination. I did not intend for my words to stow further division for which I am sincerely apologetic. So there you have it here. You get her apologizing after her words become a big old catch flames on social media. And again, this is what I will say with this right now. Sometimes it pays just to shut up. Sometimes it pays just to, hey, say, hey, I don't appreciate what's going on. People not backing the Jewish community. And that's all you have to say if you feel that type of way. That's all you got to say. Or just for us, even in the black community, we can say, hey, yo, we don't like how people are not backing the black community. Same thing with the LGBTQIA plus community. They say, hey, yo, we don't feel that we feel supported over here. That's all you have to say without really being condescending or being destructive the way that she was in her comments here. That was complete idiocracy. I don't understand how you get wrapped up that quick in that now. Human emotions, they play a part into what people say and how they say it. So I get that part of it. However, when you're in the public eye or you're going to say something as damaging or damning the way that she did, she should know immediately as soon as she got done saying that, she should have told Homeboy to stop the podcast, take that out. We're going to rewind and do this all over again so that her words cannot be used against her the way that it was this past week. That's what you can do on a podcast like that. If someone respects you that much or respects just anything that you do or just wants to have that relationship with you, they will stop the podcast and they will say, hey, yo, we're going to take that back out. Or, hey, whenever the podcast is done, tell them, hey, edit that part out or whatever you got to do. Do that. See, that's the luxury that podcasting have. And that's the luxury that people in the entertainment business have. And that's the luxury that people have when they were doing any type of interview. They can say, hey, yo, stop that, edit that out, take that out. If you still want a relationship with me, if you don't, I can ruin you. They can say all that type of stuff. And then it'll be on to the person that did the interview or the podcast or writing this article. Do you want to have that relationship with that person or do you want the clicks or whatever to have you? And then the person can easily come out and say, hey, yo, I was upset at that point. People in the industry, we say a lot of things. When your human emotions get upset, I wanted to take that out immediately as soon as I got done saying it. But, hey, things go about a certain type of way. And when you say that, if you be upfront with the people, people will at least say, man, that person's a dick, an asshole. But at least they can say, you know what? We've all felt that type of way before. You at least get some wiggle room. But when you don't say anything of that nature until it starts getting some backlash onto you the way that Julianne did, that's whenever the public started really looking at you and vilifying you a certain type of way. And that's what happened here. So she's coming out here to try to do damage control. Hey, I'm not certain what's going to happen. She's probably going to still do some gigs. She'll probably be sitting in the timeout corner for a small fraction of the time. And I mean a very small fraction. You understand? 
She's not going to be sitting out there for a month, a year. No, she'll be sitting there for only probably like a couple of days because social media goes rapidly and moves quickly. They'll probably move on to the next thing. So again, take this for what you will. I just think this is another example of celebrities sometimes needing to shut their mouths and don't speak too much about something or speak too passionate about something. And if you do, tell the person that you're doing an interview or podcast with, just tell them to edit that out. That's all you got to do. So moving on to the next topic here, I want to talk about George Santos. George Santos this past week, he was expelled from the House on Friday, as they will call it a historic vote following a House of Ethics Committee investigating into alleged fraud perpetrated by his campaign after months of scandals around the freshman Republican lawmaker. Uh, following the release of the ethics report last month, Santos, 35, said he would not seek re-election to the Long Island area seat he won in 2022. The congressman, however, said he would not resign if he did, the bullies would win. So they end up doing a vote for Santos here. There would be 311 votes to remove Santos with 114 voting against and two voting present. Santos grabbed his coat and left the floor before the vote had concluded. 105 Republicans voted to boot Santos, and 112 voted for him to remain. Now, Republicans Bobby Scott of Virginia and Nikema Williams of Georgia were the only two Democrats to vote against expelling Santos. When asked for his reaction following the results, Santos said it's over. What reaction? So, with George Santos being out of the House, his seat has been immediately vacated. They have said that a special election will be determined within the next three months to find out who will fill his seat. So that's what's going on with George Santos. That's what happened here of him getting kicked out of the House. They found in the report that he spent campaign money on things like Botox, luxury shopping, and the adult content website OnlyFans. Now, here's my thing now that I got the whole reporting business out of that. Do I think other people in the house have done things like George Santos? Yes. Since he was a rookie and they said it, he's a freshman, he did not know how to hide it better than the rest of them. I'm going to say it right now, a lot of your politicians that you give campaign money to, they do a lot of nasty things with your money. And the people that give it to them, they know that. They know what they're doing. However, it's just the people on the outskirts, the common people, the civilians, that once they hear things like this, they get all shocked. They're like, oh my God, listen, Republicans, Democrats, freaking lawmakers, people that are in those seats, whether you're in the House or you're in the Senate, whatever it is, they have taken money from people and they do whatever they want for that money. Now, it was originally, as they said, it was before his campaign. But come on now, campaign money just don't always stay in campaign money. They use some of that campaign money for their own personal use. And George Santos, again, being a rookie, being a freshman here, he did not find a way or he did not talk to a a more seasoned, a veteran, if you will, to figure out how, how to hide the money better on the books. Because again, a lot of these people do it. Nobody's going to tell me that they don't. It's common sense and common knowledge. Because once you do a whole backscaling in the back, like researching whenever you're in that field, they always come up with reports against the other person and say, here's what your money's going to, or here's what this person is really like. They always find all the dirt for the person. So again, 
I don't know much about George Santos. He's probably done a lot of nasty things. There's well, reports about George Santos about him. I didn't look more into it. It's just that I talked about Santos before, and I talked about how he was being looked into. And again, that was some time ago. I just decided to bring that back since we now know that he has been expelled from the house. And again, he's a rookie. He was a freshman, and he was not able to speak to someone more seasoned. That's just my personal opinion on this to figure out how to hide what he was buying with campaign money. So let this be a lesson to any political person that's a rookie or a freshman, or you're someone that wants to get into the political field. Step one, probably want to find out who's a veteran in that field that you could talk to that you probably can get on your side because they'll tell you the dirty tricks of the trade so you can do a couple things and make sure you won't fall into the pitfalls that they fell into. So again, this is just a learning curve for George Santos. This is a learning curve for anybody that's in any field. So if anything you take out of this, take this. Get a veteran to teach you the ropes when you enter a new position. Now on to the next topic. Next topic I want to talk about is Alex Jones and the Sandy Hook families as this was reported by the Associated Press. As the title would read, Sandy Hook families offered to settle Alex Jones $1.5 billion legal debt for a minimum of $85 million. Going into the article, it would state Sandy Hook families who won nearly $1.5 billion in legal judgments against Alex Jones for calling the 2012 Connecticut school shooting a hoax have offered to settle that debt for only pennies on the dollar, at least $85 million over 10 years. The offer was made in Jones' personal bankruptcy case in Houston last week in a filing. Lawyers for the families said they believed the proposal was a viable way to help resolve the bankruptcy reorganization cases of both Jones and his company, Free Speech Systems. But in the sharply worded document, the attorneys continue to accuse the InfoWars host of failing to curb his personal spending and extravagant lifestyle, failing to preserve the value of his holdings, refusing to sell assets, and failing to produce certain financial documents. Jones has failed in every way to serve as the fiduciary mandated by the bankruptcy code in exchange for the breathing spell he has enjoyed for almost a year. His time is up. Lawyers for the Sandy Hook families wrote, the family's lawyers offer Jones two options, either liquidate his estate and give the proceeds to creditors or pay them at least $8.5 million a year for 10 years, plus 50% of any income over $9 million per year. During a court hearing in Houston, Jones' personal bankruptcy lawyer suggested money that $85 million, the 10-year settlement offer was too high and unrealistic for Alex Jones to pay. There are no financials that will show that Mr. Jones ever made that in 10 years, she said. And as of right now, in this recording, Alex Jones has not decided to accept that offer. So Alex Jones, I don't know what he's listening to or what his attorneys are thinking. I think he probably needs to accept that because going from $1.5 billion to, what, $85 million in what, you only got to pay them $85 million in 10 years, so that's $8.5 million every year. I think that's better than the $1.5 billion, which I don't think anybody thought he was going to have to pay $1.5 million, but he should. However, let's just be honest. I don't know what type of legal representation he's listening to. He should take that, just pay them that money so you can get that out of the way, 
because what you said was damaging to that family. And again, the trauma that the family had to endure from losing their children from that shooting. And also people believing in what you said and following your rhetoric and causing these people emotional anguish. You should feel some type of way about that. And you just be like, okay, just to get this out of my plate, get this out of my system. And since I lost the court hearing, guess what? Okay. I'll pay that instead of paying that $1.5 billion. I'll pay that $85 billion in over 10 years so I can get done with it. Fine. That's what I think Alex Jones should do. Quit listening to your lawyers at this moment. Just pay the people. Because that's at least, and I mean this, that's the least you can do, bro. That's the least you can do. Now, going on from one idiot over to another. This has come from NBC News. As it was reported, Uvalde's school shooters self-proclaimed X accused of making threats against the community. A 19-year-old woman who claims to be the ex-girlfriend of the Uvalde, Texas school shooter was indicted on 13 federal counts as she allegedly made repeated threats against the community, the Justice Department said Thursday. Federal prosecutors say Victoria Gabriela Rodriguez Morales, who lives in Puerto Rico, used social media sites and email to threaten schools, law enforcement, hospitals, and victims of the Uvalde Elementary School shooting, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Puerto Rico said in a news release. Victoria referenced Uvalde school shooter Salvador Ramos, who was fatally wounded by law enforcement officers after he gunned down 19 students and two teachers, let's not forget that, in her threats and said they planned the shooting together. Me and Salvador wanted to do this together, but he don't wait for me to come. That's broken English. She allegedly wrote Instagram messages in June, according to a criminal complaint. Anyways, more kids will die in teens. So don't cry about this one because there's worse coming. Continuing on in said article, a grand jury indicted her Wednesday on charges of making 13 interstate threats. The U.S. Attorney's Office said the charges related to threats made between May and October 2023. We hope that this Arrest brings a sense of peace to those who were targeted by the defendant. See, this is what I'm not getting here. I don't understand dumbasses that do this. I, I don't. By the way, they do say that each of the 13 counts carry a maximum sentence of five years in prison. So five times 13, that is mm, 65. So she could do 65, but let's be honest, I don't think they're going to do that. She should, though, because that's a national tragedy let's be honest school shooting that should be on the list of national tragedies if someone's going to say they're going to commit a school shooting or someone does commit a school shooting and they happen to live they got to spend a good ass amount of time in jail matter of fact their whole life even if you threaten it you need to spend time in jail a lot of time if you threaten it, if you go with it you need to spend your whole life in jail but that's just my personal thing on this but again getting back to dumbasses what is wrong with people like, you can't be making these threats online saying that you are going to shoot up a school or even make a reference of a past shooting and saying, yo, me and this person, we planned that out. I don't understand the thought process that go into people when they do that. I don't. I don't think anybody truly understands the thought process that goes through that. You are literally self-snitching on yourself online where people can easily see what you're saying. That's what you're doing. 
That makes no sense to me. I don't think that makes sense to anybody. If you're going to do something, you don't ever self-snitch. You don't ever put it out on the internet where people are tracking you. And they've been tracking this chick since May. She's been making these threats since May, or probably even longer. They probably just started paying attention to her in May, because they said they've been doing this since May to October. So, again, you're self-snitching on yourself. I don't ever get this state in which we're in where you self-snitch on yourself, which I'm glad for this one because it would have been a damn national shame yet again if this person would have did the school shooting, if she would have did it. This has become really stupid and really absurd. It's dummy. It's dummy mentality is just complete lunacy. I hope she spends those, type, those what, years in jail. What, 65 because it's 13 counts. I said five years per count. So hopefully she spends 65 years if they do end up doing what they're doing to her. Which, again, she should be found guilty. It's not going to be hard for them to do that, but crazier things have happened. But we'll see what happens. I'll keep my eye on this one because, again, this one was a national tragedy. This one led to just a lot of outrage from a lot of people, especially in the sports world. And I was going back to that this past week and listening to people in sports talk about how there was no gun... Uh, gun like laws made after the Uvalde shooting again it's always so weird when you go back to a tragedy you listen to people talk about it at that time and now you've got like a year or some years after the fact just to reminisce about it and just to see where the state or your country's still at and see how nothing has changed it's mind-boggling but again I hope that they do what they got to do with this woman. But again, I'll be kept, keeping my eye on this one because this one, it's important to keep your eye on. Now, moving from one person that I would call an idiot over to the next one, Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman, she did a interview with ABC7 and I'm going to play that because she finally speaks out about why she did what she did for her daughter with the college admission scandal. So I had to give my daughter a chance at a future. And so it was sort of like my daughter's future, which meant I had to break the law. In December of 2017, actress Felicity Huffman drove her daughter to take the SAT test. Her daughter not knowing that Huffman had paid $15,000 for someone to falsify the results. She was going, can we get ice cream afterwards? Scared about the test? What, what can we do that's fun? And I kept thinking, turn around, just turn around and to my uh, undying shame, I didn't. Felicity Huffman, star of Desperate Housewives, an Oscar nominee, one of 33 wealthy parents to face federal charges in Operation Varsity Blues, accused of conspiring to use bribery and fraud to get their kids into top colleges. The middleman, a self-styled college counselor named Rick Singer. After a year, he started to say, your daughter's not gonna get into any of the colleges that she wants to. And um, I believed him. And so when he slowly started to present the criminal scheme, it seemed like, and I know this seems crazy at the time, that that was my only option to give my daughter a future. And I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but it felt like I would be a bad mother if I didn't do it. So I did it. So before I give my initial thoughts about this, let me state this. Me being family-oriented, I do understand why a parent would do what they can't do for their children. I understand that, 
I get it. So let me start with that. Now, however, here's what I will say to that. What was your kid trying to get into? What was your kid, what were they trying to major? Were they trying to be a doctor? Were they trying to be a lawyer? Were they trying to be, what were they trying to be? That's my thing. Because you are rich, you're famous, you're able to do things that a lot of regular civilians are not able to do. You're able to give your kids a lot of things that regular civilians are not able to give their children. You're able to even, I want you guys to think about this. What normal civilian is able to meet with someone that's able to falsify a test for their kid to even get into a college? That tells you what type of level of privilege you are in. You understand? What was your kid trying to become? Or what did he try to tell you? Or what were you trying to push onto them? Because we know in the Lori Lachlan uh, situation, Aunt Jessie from Full House, we know in her situation where her daughter Olivia Jade, Olivia Jade point blank said she didn't want to go to college. She didn't want to do it. But she did what her mother wanted her to do. So that's where she went. But you saw what happened to that. I don't understand what celebrity parents, what is the thing? I don't get it. You guys are able to do a lot of different things that your other, oh, matter of fact, that probably you weren't able to do if you were regular, normal civilians when you were nobodies before you became the person that you end up becoming. Paying someone $15,000 to change your kid's score or falsify it, that tells you what type of bracket that you're in. As I said, you already speaking to someone that can do that, that tells you that you're not you're not in the average or even in the normal situation right there. I just find it completely idiotic. I don't like that she said that she felt that her only way for her kid to get into college because she listened to the guy who, by the way, she tried to pass the buck on to. You listened to him or you passed the buck on to him saying that you heard from him that your kid wasn't going to be able to get into college. So you had to do something because that's what your kid wanted to get into. And you just felt like this because your motherly instincts, as I said before, I get it. The whole motherly, fatherly, family instincts, I get the whole message point. But you got to know that was not the right move. She said, I knew to turn around. I knew to turn around, but she didn't. You continued on. You continued to forge on. You didn't even give your kid the Iggy to tell him, hey, yo, you don't need to worry about that. I took care of that. Just to tell him you did. That would have saved your kid some stress. But no, you wanted to go down with the ship. You wanted to just be like, nope, I'll handle that. I'll keep that within myself. There's so many things that went wrong with this off top. But again, the first thing is, what was your kid trying to get into? I guarantee you, you go to another college for your kid and just walk around and say you're going to donate some money. Guess what? They will take your kid. Because again, I'll never forget this. I was in college, point blank. A professor straight up told us as soon as this crap was happening, they said these celebrity parents are idiots. They straight up broke it down of how they can get their college, uh, how they can get their kid into college. They're saying, by doing that, that's how you get yourself tripped up. But by 
giving this uh, college donations, it puts you in good standing and good favor because they remember who gave donations. And that gives them more, more breathing room and more wiggle room to get your kid into said college because of the donation that you gave. AKA a donation can almost be like a bribe or you can basically say it's a bribe, but it does it the more legal root way to do it. I'll never forget my professor telling us that point blank. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense why a lot of people just be donating money just out the wazoo. And that's about it. So for me here to hear her say that, that's a slap in the face to a lot of people. It's a slap in the face. It's a slap in the face for you to say that you felt that you had no other choice because you listened to this guy. You just, ah, it doesn't, it doesn't rub me the right way. Because there's a lot of kids that I spoke to, that I was in classes with, that I, again, me being who I am, an observer, and just watching these people tell their stories to me of how they had to be on the grind, do all different types of activities as they were in high school just to make their college paper look good and all this type of crap that they had to do just to get themselves in here without no rich family, without none of that. They're common families, they're common people, I mean, all these things, and then they get into college, and then they got the debts, they got uh, government assistance, I believe it was like FAFSA, or whatever the crap it is, then they gotta jump through those hoops and hurdles to even get that figured out, and get that right, and it takes some time for them to even get money off of that. I mean, there's a lot of different things that I have heard from a lot of people that have no type of wealth to their family name, to their name at all. And they mentioned how hard it was for them to get into college, how hard it is for them still to be in college now, what type of place they're living in, the type of car they're driving, the type of, well, the jobs that they're working out to even maintain this, the type of debt that they're in. I mean, there's so many levels and facets to the whole college experience for some of these kids that have no, like, financial backing for them that you took the college experience away from people that wanted to get into college because of your kid and you're rich and you're famous and you had the money for someone to falsify your kid's test results. Ugh. I get it. I truly do. But it's not the right thing. You should be apologizing to the kids, to these parents, to these people that put their time in with their kid, their kid put their time in and do all these rigmarole of things just for them to say, nope, we can't accept you. And it's always baffling whenever you are the kid that's been working your ass off and you know you have everything. You make all the checklists. You just marked it all out. And especially if you got a parent that is there and they see you busting your ass and they see you filling out the paperwork, and if you had a mother or parents like mine, straight up, if I were to do all this type of stuff, and I got a checklist in the college say on the website, here's what they are looking for, the requirements, and I meet all those requirements, I'm a shoe in to get in, and I put everything in, and I get a rejection letter back, boy, that will be a shot in the heart to the person that put in all that hard work, and that will put a shot in the heart to the parent, but more importantly, that will make the parent extremely angry because that will try to make them figure out 
okay, why didn't my kid get in? Some parents become real obsessed with that, and they got to really find out, get into shouting arguments with the admissions and all these type of things. These are, again, all the levels that people don't think about whenever you try to get your kid into a college. These are the things. Felicity took these, took these opportunities, or she took an opportunity away from a college student to get into said college that her daughter went into. Again, I understand it from a parent point of view. You do what you can do for your kid. You do that. But as a person looking on the outside, that person on the outside just looks at you and say that you and your family have money. Your kid doesn't need it as bad as my kid. Your kid has a whole level of privilege that my kid doesn't have. So on that point, the whole doing what you got to do for the motherly instinct and all that type of stuff, that stuff is kind of for the birds, for the rest of the world. Only the one percenters will truly understand you and they will get you and they'll say, everybody else, guess what? Screw them. The rest of that 99% of the world is basically going to say as a parent or even as an older brother or even older sibling will say, yeah, I get it. But nah, she still did wrong. That's not cool. That's not right. So that's just my point of view on this. Felicity, you are a doofus. And all the rest of you college uh, admissions parents that were celebrities that paid people off, you guys are doofuses too. Again, if you take nothing more out of this, just give a donation, sizable donation, if you want your kid to get into a college. But that's if your kid wants to get into a college. Don't make your kid get into a college if they don't want to get into a college because if we're going to be honest, once again, it is all pointless if they're going to do something in your said field. If you are an entertainer, guess what? You can have them start going on work trips with you and do all these type of things. They don't need college degrees for that. That's a complete lie. They won't need that. If they are in the entertainment field, there are sports. Guess what? Your kid kind of don't need to be doing that either. Guess what? You find loopholes. You're able to get your kid in two places. And guess what? They'll be completely fine. You're taking away things away from the natural civilians. The only people that I find that needs to actually go into college, that I don't see how you can even have a back channel of doing this, is if you are a doctor, a legit doctor doctor, you got to go to college. You got to do the whole medical school. You got to do all that. Do I think you can be with your father or be with your mother at a hospital learning the tricks of the trades at a young age, being a teenager, doing all these type of things? Yes, I think you can do that and get a heads up or a leg up of the competition for when you go into college and go into med school so you have a education or a better understanding than your rest of your other counterparts. But there's no back channel to that. You got to go to school. You got to. So that's just my thing on that. But if it does nothing to do with a doctor, yo, if you're a celebrity and you have money, or if you come from a family that has money in the said field that you're trying to get into, unless you are a doctor, don't have your kid go to school because you're just robbing opportunities away from the other civilian kids that want to do what you are currently doing right now. That's my personal feeling. That's my personal preference. I could be wrong. There probably might be another trick of the trade that I'm forgetting that probably needs education like that. But doctor is like the one at the top. Lawyers, eh. I'm just going to say, eh. You don't technically have to go to a college. You can probably go to a community college and then like 
find a way to do something with that. Trust me, there's tricks of the trade for that too. You can find something for that. But doctors, I know for a fact, you've got to go to school for that. So again, that's just my personal two cents on that one. All the other college kids, hey man, hold your heads up. If you guys saw that interview, I'm pretty sure your blood is boiling because that would make my blood boil if I would have saw that. But again, keep your heads up. Continue to do what you guys are doing. Just continue to uh, go through whatever you're going through, any type of adversities, because there is a light at the end of that tunnel, that degree, and hopefully that internship that you've been working on to get a job in that preferred field that you're in. That's what's waiting for you at the end of this. So continue with that and just keep your head up. And all you other celebrity parents or people that have money, don't be an idiot like all the past people and get yourself caught up. Don't be an idiot. Be smart. That's all I got to say about that. Now, moving on to something I think I said last week. I talked about Derek Chauvin. He got stabbed up. Well, there's an update on that. Uh, TMZ would find out that Derek Chauvin was stabbed up 22 times in a brutal attack behind the bars. They would say the inmate responsible said he wanted Chauvin dead. Federal prosecutors announced Friday inmate John Tersak was charged with attempted murder in the prison stabbing. Using an improvised knife, Tersak attacked Chauvin on November 24th in the law library at the Federal Corrections Institute in Tucson, Arizona. According to the prosecutors, Tersak told <laughs> correctional officers he would have killed Chauvin if they hadn't intervened. So all the things that I said before is still being put in play. I still think that Derek Chauvin is still going to get poked up later down the line. I think that he needs to make some type of deal with some of the police officers there. Because if you got got at a federal corrections institute, I'm not certain how those prisons work. I'm not certain if they like the guards really look after you like that. Only thing I'm going to say to you is this. Start uh, trying to make an association or deal with the guards there. Because if you don't, you're going to get poked up more. I still stand on that. I think a lot of people still stand on that. My man got poked up like Swiss cheese. 22 times. That's insane. But it could have been worse. He could have been dead. Apparently he's still living at the time of this recording. But um, who knows? But again, I still think he's going to get poked up more. I don't think this is going to be the last time. So Derek Chauvin still be on the lookout. Because you got to know, more tax are coming your way. Because as I said before... 2020, a lot of people had to sit in their home, COVID, and everybody had to sit, and they watched that video over and over again of the George Floyd killing, so you, they, they got you, you know what's coming, your days are not too much long, again, from what we've seen so far, the 22 stabbing that you got here, poked up 22 times, yeah, you know what time it is, again, make some alliances, that's my personal two cents on you. In my thought process, if you don't, your time's not going to be long. It's just simply not. Now, moving on to Puff. Uh, Diddy, Sean John, however you want to know him as, he has decided to step down as the chairman of Revolt. Uh, this will be known as a temporary move. TMZ, once again, the rats would report. Sean Combs has stepped down from his position as chairman of Revolt. The Instagram statement from the network read, while Mr. Combs had... Previously had no operational or day-to-day -day role in the business. This decision helps to ensure that Revolt remains steadfastly focused on our mission to create meaningful content for the culture and amplify the voices of all black people throughout this country and the African diaspora. So, 
Puff, he has stepped down from being the chairman of Revolt. And that was kind of part of the course because, dude, you just got hit with one, two, three, three sexual assaults. Cassie and, like, some other people, like, got you. Cassie, we all know because you guys settled that stuff out. But two other women came out and said, you did something again. So, Puff stepping down, that was not a shocker to nobody. It was kind of going to be happening. Um, so we have that here, and I just want to make this personally clear, and I really do mean this. I'm tired of seeing videos of security guards now that were once working for Puff talk about the Cassie situation and all the other situations that happened with Puff. Because if you knew this, I'm not going to say because if you knew, no, 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 because you knew this, you were working for Puff. You talk about what you did in all this type of crap. If you did all that, and you're just now talking about it, after these allegations are coming out, especially since the whole Cassie thing got dismissed, and with them settling out of court, you are now talking about all the things, talking about how you knew this, how you had to stop dating from this and that. Listen here, you knew all of that. You could have blew the whistle mad years ago, but you didn't. You're starting to do it now because Diddy is weak. Diddy is down at his lowest right now. I'm going to say this to you right now. Do I think Diddy's going to be down on his weakest for a long time? No. I think this is a blow that he's taken, and I think he's going to rise back up again. And as I said before, he remembers what people are saying. He's not going to forget that. And again, if the statement is true, that he blew up Kid Cudi's vehicle, and remember, Cudi did confirm saying that, yeah, my car did blow up. And just to say, it was Puff, come on now. What makes you think something's not going to happen to you? I'm not saying that Puff's going to blow up any of your vehicles. I do want to make that perfectly clear. And it was never ever clear that it was Puff that did that. I'm just saying, Puff is not going to forget what anyone is saying. If you're down right now, I'm just going to put this in real clear, lamest term for anyone. If you were once powerful and you were able to be on top of the world, all that type of stuff, you get a chink in your armor. You go down for a moment. And Puff's down for a moment. Let's not get this twisted at all. And all the people start to come out and say some foul stuff about you. Some might be true. Some might not be. Hey, not my business to say. But you hearing all that, being the person that is down right now, you're going to remember every single person who happened to speak negatively or ill of you, whether it be true or not. You're going to remember it, and it's going to hold in your brain, and you're going to do something about it. Some people, they forget and forgive. Certain people, they might forgive, but they're not forgetting. And my, matter of fact, I don't think they even want to forgive because they might do some action for you, real shady business action, but they're going to do some action. So again, be careful what you're saying about Puff. If you knew all that stuff back then while you were working there for him and you saw some of that action, guess what? You got to die with that, like, information buried deep down inside of you because you saying it now it makes me look at you as a complete joke it makes me look at you as a loser it makes me look at you like yo why didn't you try to stop this before why didn't you say something before about this that's just me personally you're trying to come out now because all this stuff's coming out now no 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 if anything you gotta get clipped for that too because if you knew about that that's the type of stuff that you got to yo call law enforcement about all this type of stuff. Even if you work for a certain individual, not all money is good money. 
If I'm working for an evil bastard and he's doing something extremely evil, I have to resign and I have to straight up start going into calling cops or getting into a lawyer and say, hey, yo, I know, know certain things. Can I do this? Can I go into an anonymity? Can I? How can I get this thing on report, get this on paper, something like that? If you knew all the evil that was doing or what was going on in front of your face, that would be me if I have to if I happen to work for somebody evil, that would be me. A lot of people, they don't think that way. They just think, okay, this happened. I got to protect the money. And then once I'm gone or I get fired, hey, guess what? All these things are coming out. Now I can talk about it and say, oh, yeah, I knew about this. This will happen. I had to do this. I had to protect this and that. No, you died with that because you knew about it. You didn't try to call. You didn't try to report that. You just let all that stuff go. Again, that's just how way I'm thinking. But again, all the people that knew about this, security guards, people that used to work with Denny, all this type of stuff, and that weren't talking about it before, you better shut up and don't talk about it now because I will call you nasty along with it because you knew about it and you didn't say nothing about it. And now since Diddy's down, you want to come out and say, yeah, I knew about this and I knew about that. Nope, you just look like a cornball in my eye. That's just me. That's just my two cents on that one. Again, be aware. Puff might be down now, but best believe he's going to stand back up and he's going to be angry. Just want to make that personally clear. So whoever's saying something, please be clear of this. You might want to shut your mouth. That's what I'm saying. Now, moving on to the next topic here, I want to talk about Buffalo Bills linebacker Von Miller and his situation that happened this past week. For people that were not aware, Von Miller, he turned himself in on Thursday after an arrest warrant was issued for him from the Dallas Police Department. Uh, Miller, he was accused of assaulting his pregnant girlfriend, as this was reported by CNN. Miller, 34, turned himself into the Glen Heights Police Department Thursday afternoon, hours after an arrest warrant was issued, police told CNN. Miller was taken to DeSoto Police Department Jail, where he immediately posted a $5,000 bond and was released. Now, moving to said or alleged assault. On Wednesday, around 11 a.m., Dallas police responded to what they said was a major disturbance call that the police department said. A preliminary investigation determined Miller and the woman had a verbal argument and that Miller allegedly assaulted her, police added. The alleged victim told police Miller ordered her to leave the apartment they share in Dallas after a verbal argument. As she was gathering personal items to leave, the affidavit says Miller walked up to her it began to shove and push her, all while telling her to leave the unit. In the report, the woman alleges that at one point, Miller pulled out a chunk of her hair, which caused her to fall to the ground. She also told officers Miller twice placed pressure with his hand around her neck, although she was still able to breathe. Miller allegedly left the apartment after the woman said she was going to call the police. The police report says an officer observed minor abrasions on the victim's left hand along with bruising to her neck injuries consistent with applied pressure to the neck bruises were also later found on her abdomen and left arm cnn was not able to find contact information for miller's girlfriend friday cnn affiliate wfaa reports it reached her by text thursday and she reportedly said things were blown way out of context this is actually outrageous. She called the incident a huge misunderstanding and a verbal disagreement. So 
she's trying to back out of it, and I don't know if the whole state or whatever the crap might do with Von Miller, I don't know. I know he posted a $5,000 bond. Uh, The information got back to the NFL when CNN reached uh, a spokesman for the NFL. They said the league is aware of the matter and has been in contact with the Bills, but declined to comment beyond that. So that's your comment from the NFL. I do want to play you guys a clip of something. A clip from a comedian, Neil Brennan. There's a new NFL scandal from a player all like three times a week. Yeah, most famously was the uh, the Ray Rice one, the guy who punched his girlfriend in the elevator. People are always surprised by this. You can't be surprised. Football players are violent. First of all, their job in and of itself is attempted murder. Like, that's their job. Like, football roster is basically like two guys that can catch, two guys that can throw, kicker, punter, 40 murderers. <laughs> like, whenever I read a headline like Ray Rice punches girlfriend on elevator, all I see is like, Football player does football at the wrong time. (laughs) It's their whole life. It's like they get trained from the time they're little kids. Like, go to practice, do football, go to the game, do football, be with your girlfriend, do football. Shit, I wasn't supposed to do football that time. I was supposed to do elevator, and I did football. (laughs) Well, I better get her body out of here. I don't want her to be mad at me. (laughs) Better get her flip-flop. I'll never hear the end of that. Went back for the flip-flop because he cares. Now, that was the comedian Neil Brennan. That came from his Netflix comedy special. I believe it's Three Mics. It's still available on Netflix. The reason why I put that there, kind of self-explanatory. Football players, they're kind of violent people. How many times do we hear about NFL players doing something to their partners or getting into a domestic dispute? That's kind of a thing that goes on in the NFL or football culture. Is should that be acceptable? No. But when it hits the news, should anybody kind of be like, do I think anybody should be shocked by it? No. Because my man said, football is a violent sport. You got a lot of guys on there that are just trying to absolutely maim each other. And trust me, me being one of those guys, I know it. I would like to hit people. That's the reason why I watch football. I like to see people get tackled and get put down. That's just this pure, simple fact about it. But with this case being here with Von Miller, I think if you are a spouse or a girlfriend of a football player, I think they need to be careful because any type of argument can set them off, any type of Anything that they do wrong can set up a football player. And again, that gives no football player any excuse to put their hands on a female at all. No, just because you're a football player and you might say CTE or anything like that, that does not give you the right to put your hands on a female or your spouse. It doesn't give you the right at all. I'm just saying whenever it is covered or talked about a football player doing something violent, let's be honest, their job is to be violent. It's not that hard to comprehend. You should know it. I should know it. And again, this is not me giving Von Miller a pass or anything like that. This is just me being brutally honest. And also, the girlfriend, I, as I said before, I think she kind of recanted on some of her uh, comments, saying this thing was nothing but a big misunderstanding, just a big old argument. Again, I have no idea what the police in Dallas are going to do, or they're just going to drop it, or they're going to continue to pursue it. I have no idea right now, 
I think we'll probably get more updates on that as this upcoming week comes to pass. What's going to happen with Von Miller and Dallas? We'll find out when that information comes to pass. But again, football players kind of their job to be violent, so don't ever be shocked by them being violent. That's just kind of a waste there. Now, next up, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson and the whole JetBlue passenger that Mike Tyson kind of put paws on last year. The guy is kind of demanding $450,000 for medical costs, but Mike Tyson's team is saying this is a shakedown and they're not going to do it. As this was reported by the Daily Mail and a letter addressed to celebrity lawyer Alex Spiro, who represents Mike Tyson, attorneys for Melvin Townsend, that's the guy that got pants put on, wrote they are demanding a settlement of 450000 in exchange for which Townsend will decline to file a future lawsuit. If we are unable to reach an agreement, we will continue to prepare Mr. Townsend's case for the filing of a lawsuit, wrote Jack Jundle, who is representing Townsend. So that's two guys. Spiro responded to the letter saying, just, I have received a shakedown letter related to some investigator's harassment of Mike Tyson a year ago in the aftermath. There will be no shakedown payment. So there you go. That's his uh, situation there. For people that do not remember this, Mike Tyson was punching a guy on an airplane last year because the guy was constantly pestering Mike Tyson. And in the video, you can kind of see that homeboy was drunk. He was not himself, or at least this is a guy that's very, very just an a-hole. Because let me just make this person clear to you. Football players are some people that you should not be wanting to like poke and prod when they're on the airplane. As I just said, they're kind of violent people because that's part of their job. A boxer, especially the infamous Mike Tyson, you know, the guy that kind of bit a piece of Evander's Holyfield's uh, ear off. The guy that has a freaking face tattoo, a big one, not a small one. A big one on the side of his face. You know, the guy that was known for knocking out people that kind of got people pissed off because they spent a lot of money on a pay-per-view just to kind of see someone get knocked out. This happens so quickly. Yeah, that Mike Tyson. And if you still look up videos of him now, he still shadow box extremely hella fast. That guy? Yeah. Mike Tyson. You should be wanting to uh, pester with that guy. That's not the guy that you want to pester or play with. Mike Tyson is not... Let's put it like this. He is not as bad as he used to be. You could tell from old interviews to the way he's doing interviews now. He's kind of really simmered down and all that. He's more personable to people on the interview stage. He's talkative. You're able to see that in interviews, all that good stuff. But again, from civilian to civilian, I think if you come at him in a respectful way, I think with anybody, if you come at them with any type of respect, they'll be able to give you what you want because they understand you're a fan and all that type of stuff. But if you pester them and you being a complete jackass like this guy was, you're going to get hands put on. And that's just, no, that's not what it was. That's not what you should do. My man took an ass whooping on the plane last year. Take that. Take for what it is. Don't try to sue Mike Tyson because you got your ass beat because you acted like a complete, well, dick. They just call a spade a spade. Take that. Take the ass whooping, take the knowledge, take whatever you can away from it. But $450,000? No. I don't think that's right that you're shaking down Mike Tyson. I get it. In this country, you can shoot, sue people for absolutely anything. That's just what you can do in this country. I think it's not right. I think if this thing does go to trial, I think that the judge and anybody that sees this 
sees the video of this, they will all come to the exact same conclusion that Mike Tyson was well within his rights to start putting hands on someone that was being unruly to him. But again, we'll wait and see on that. I respect Mike Tyson for not paying up the $450,000. But again, we'll wait and see what happens more into the future with this a-hole and Mike Tyson. Now, moving on to the last topic, and I mean, this is a quick topic here. Dallas Mavericks owner uh, Mark Cuban has sold a majority stake in the team to billionaire Miriam Adelson. The deal, which is valued at about $3.5 billion, will see Adelson become the continuing uh, controlling owner of the Mavericks, while Mark Cuban will maintain a majority stake and continue to oversee the team's basketball operations. So that was brought to everybody's attention this past week. Mark Cuban, he still just stayed being rich. Uh, the woman who's buying the Mavericks, what she has a value of $32 billion because she's the widow of a, uh, who was he? Uh, casino magnet Sheldon Addison. So she's the fourth richest woman in the world. As I said, with a net worth estimated of over $32 billion. she is a majority shareholder of the Las Vegas Sands Corporation, a group leader in the hospitality and casino industry. So money on top of money on top of money. I'm not mad at it. Get the money as best as you can. Mark Cuban, he's been, what, with the Mavericks for God knows how long he's been their guy. He's been, like, their figurehead guy for mad many years. I mean, since I was a kid, my brother's been, like, a Mavericks guy. So I say that all because my brother's a Mavericks guy. Again, and this is big business, and big business dealings with money is always interesting to me. And with Mark Cuban just getting... $3.5 billion. It still has not been agreed upon. Apparently, there's a, what, NBA group that has to agree to this deal being made, but they said that it should go through. So, Mark Cuban, he still stays being rich, and also, he's moving off the Shark Tank uh, series, the franchise, if you will. He's supposed to be doing one more season than he's done, and they say that he's going to be spending time with his family. Right now, people are alleging that he might be trying to go the political route. He might be trying to go to be the next president. I don't know about none of that. If he does, hey, that's just another billionaire wanting to be president. And hey, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. But for right now, we know Mark Cuban's reign as majority owner of the Dallas Mavericks. That is coming to an end. And uh, yeah, we'll see what the Mavericks do. Because I'll be talking to my brother about that and see what there's, what's been going on with that. But um, yeah. Rich people just stay being rich. Now, with all that being said, it's time for me to get you guys out of here. As usual, I'd like to thank all the podcast sites because without them, I wouldn't be able to get this podcast out to you guys, listeners. So I want to thank them. I would also like to thank you guys, the listeners, the downloaders, because without you, I'll just be one guy talking into a microphone into a black void. So I want to thank you guys so very much. Now, with that being said, always remember. I love you. I love you. I love do love you guys it's not a gimmick i truly mean that every single time i say it i want you guys to have a great sunday great monday or whatever you're listening to this i will be back again with a wednesday episode of midweek breakdown if you did not listen to that that's available to you right now and if you watch professional wrestling i talk about it this past saturday the episode up right now is called wrestling highlights of the week i do that every saturday so go ahead and have a listen and i will be back again next sunday talking to you guys about stuff in the news next sunday with my my two cents podcast sunday edition now with that being said 
I love you all. I thank you. This has been my Two Cents Podcast, hosted by G2. He is I, and I am him. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear from the sweet-sounding voice again. And Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.